Hey, Joel. Hey, Derek. Hi, Derek. Do you guys want to hear a funny joke? Yes. Sure. Warcraft 3 Reforged. Oh, got him. <laughs> Let's move away from lies and fears. Perhaps it's time to leave. Welcome to this week's episode of Shattercast. Uh, uh, as you can tell from from the intro, we are going to be talking about Warcraft Three Reforged: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Probably a little more emphasis on the last two. Um, <laughs> uh, Come on now, I approve, Joel. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, 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 That's the one compliment I've gotten in this year, and so I'm going to hold on to that. Uh, all right. So, uh, if you guys don't know what's up with uh, Warcraft Three Reforged, uh, it's it's been, you know, Blizzard did their best. No, they really no, did. No, they, they didn't. didn't. Do it. No, they didn't. <laughs> Uh, so uh, they they were remastering and, and sort of reforging um, Warcraft three. They were uh, going to update the graphics. They were going to change in game cutscenes and cinematics to be more cinematic feeling. Um, they had released uh, an example of what that would look like. Like was it like a year and a half ago, like twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, it, that needless to say, that's not what what you actually got when you purchased the game. Uh, a lot of those changes had actually just been rescinded, and they didn't really talk about it or let anyone know. Uh, and they actually kept the video of what the cutscene was supposed to look like. You said, when did they finally take it down off their website? I just checked today, so it's down today. But it was on like for as of a couple weeks, the middle of February. Yeah, it finally came down. Yeah after the game launched and everyone found out it was a lie. Uh, on top of that, it wasn't just that they kind of borked the whole uh, reworking of Warcraft 3, but in doing that, it's a great word, right? That is a good word. Yeah, uh, in doing that, they also messed up the experience for people still just playing the original game. Uh, there were there were a lot of bugs at launch. They they uh, uh, messed up the client for launching the, uh, the original Warcraft 3 game, so if you wanted to launch that, you had to jump through a whole bunch of hoops, and even then, uh, things about the game were adjusted and they weren't working right. And so people were frustrated that not only did they choose not to get the new game, but Blizzard messed up the game they already had, uh, which kind of goes back to a segment we did a long time ago about owning a digital copy of a game or a physical copy of a game. And so games that require the internet and other services to be used, we can see game devs making decisions and doing things, whether they mean to or not, that are going to affect our experience. Whereas my PlayStation 1 copy of Metal Gear Solid is going to work as long as the discs work. I don't have to worry about Konami or, or PlayStation or anyone else doing something that's going to mess that experience up. Um, pros and cons. Pros and cons. Um, pros, pros and cons. cons. So, so that's kind of an overview of where we're at with Warcraft 3 Reforged. Uh, I'm going to turn it over, and what do you guys think? Well, I think it was a, a load of war crap, to be, to be, to be honest with you. <laughs> it was a world of war crap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh End of comment. Are you done? <laughs> For now, I'm done. I'm, For now, I'm, done. <laughs> I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut myself off. For those of you who aren't in our staff meetings, it's it's been nothing but puns all morning. <laughs> it's yeah. their 
punishment. Oh my god! All right, I'll hey, jump. Hey, Derek. In. So, what do you think? Yes. <laughs> I think it's unfortunate. I I want to give the developers the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure there's many people who spent time who really want this game to be great. Yeah. Uh, Warcraft Three is loved by many people. I think um, probably the people who worked on the game, who's looking to do this reforge, um, wanted to be great. So I, I want to give credit to them. I, it, Clearly, they did not deliver what they promised. So we don't know what happened. We didn't know if Activision Blizzard cut the you know finances, um, say it was going too long with the project. Sometimes that happens. We don't know. The, the issue we have is that they release a product promising certain things and they didn't deliver on it. And I think it was in like the 2019 BlizzCon. They had talked a little bit about walking some of the promises back, but A, you usually have to pay to either attend BlizzCon or um, to watch most of the stuff. B, they didn't make a wide announcement about the changes that they're making. Um, I think if they were upfront and honest and say, hey, here was our goal for the project originally, here's where we're going to land now, um, people would still be upset. It's it's the world, it's the internet. Um, yeah. But I think people would at least feel like they could make an informed decision. Um, when they do stuff like promise redone cutscenes, I mean, they still have it on their website for a long time, and then they ship the product, and it's not even in the game. People are like, you just stole my money. And so I think that's where a lot of the frustration was. Um, they had promises, they didn't deliver, and instead of like having an announcement about, hey guys, here's the original scope, we need to scale it back because of this, um, they just released it and kind of didn't say anything. So there's a lot of fan uproar. Since then, they've taken down that... Uh, yeah, trailer from their um, that cutscene from their website, which is good. Um, they said they're going to do patches for the game to make it better. Uh, they said there's some things that they're just not going to touch. But I, I think people were expecting an amazing experience. Um, I know I was. Uh, I never played Warcraft three. I was going to wait until this came out to play it. Um, I played World of Warcraft, and it, it was would be great to go back and kind of see where a lot of the lore and stuff came from. Um, I didn't pre-order because I don't pre-order a lot of stuff. <laughs> Why? Same. Um, and to be honest, when it came out, I had forgotten to buy it. And then I heard all the stuff come out, and so I didn't buy it. And so I think Blizzard just, again, needs to earn back the reputation that they once had. And again, if you are going to take back some features, be honest about it. Let people know. Just don't release a product and not say anything about it. Well, I think in their defense, um, I imagine because it's not a huge project, they probably had a small splinter team working on it. That was maybe just, okay, we have like eight guys or I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to look into it, see how many people are actually working on it. But they could have just had like a smaller team just kind of going through crunch time. And maybe when they set out their original plan, it was like, we're going to hit all these goals. But they realized, uh-oh, it's a lot more complicated than we thought it was going to be. And they said, oh, we're on a launch schedule so we just gotta launch it out there and unfortunately that's how many of the games are nowadays i mean we've already seen with so many different games that do that stuff um mm -hmm. no man's sky is the most notorious example hey a year and a half later it was a good game <clears throat> yeah yeah and if they had an extra year and a half to work on it but i get where they're at because they were already they were all they were already like running out of budget and things like that that they had to launch something to make back more money to start to and they use the money that, that they, they got it from actually improve the game they did not just take the money and run which is good yeah. well, and, uh, go ahead uh, i was just gonna jump just response to that all that's fine i think they just should have communicated that oh yeah. of course and that's, yeah. that's <laughs> what i was thinking with, with yeah. what you were saying derek is you know the marketing team is not the dev team and i think that that's sometimes uh something that, that gamers kind of forget 
is Blizzard is a company of thousands and thousands of people. And so the people preparing stuff for BlizzCon usually are not the programmers who are tweaking the game itself, right? So they have dedicated teams for all this stuff. And so uh, it's not uncommon, and I think all of us have felt this in the video game industry, it's why I also don't pre-order games anymore, that the marketing team is not always uh, got the most up-to-date information from the dev team and or they are embellishing what they're getting from the dev team to make it more marketable. Um, with that in mind, I can't really blame the marketing team and I can't really blame the dev team, but I can blame whoever the project managers were that weren't making sure the truth was communicated, right? So like if, if things are going to be scaled back, fine. Just tell us. Like, like uh, you know, the hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. For me, that's like gamers these days. It's like when when we <laughs> when we make promises and then people put their money out on on the sales floor because of the promises that were made to us, and then you deliver a product that 100% doesn't have X, Y, and Z that you said that it definitely would have. It's just like. Why didn't you just tell us when the plan changed? And the other issue, this was a big selling point for the game. So they remastered StarCraft 2, mm -hmm. and we knew they were just going to update the visuals. They were very upfront by that, and people were fine. Yeah. Um, for Warcraft, they said specifically, we're going to reforce this. We're going to do new cutscenes and do all this new stuff. And at one time, they were even thinking about updating the story. They, they um, rolled that back a little bit because they said because of fan feedback. That's fine. Uh, again, they communicate that, but they yeah. don't communicate all this other, communicate all this other stuff. So again, this was a big selling point for the game um, that they just released and didn't say, eh, "By the way," then um, I think that's where my issue is with it. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, eh, by the way, <laughs> by the way, our faith point has to do with broken promises. Nice. <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, does this feel like a broken promise? Yes. Yes. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> See you next week. No. Uh, yeah. So uh, there, there are times where where people do promise things to us. They they say, "Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We'll get it to you by this week." Well, you know, whether it's in work or our personal life, um, people let us down, right? So how do we respond, and how should we respond uh, when that happens? Well, I think that we need to do some self reflection and realize we let people down. I've let people down. There's many things I've promised that when I said the promise at, at the moment, then I meant what I was saying. I said, oh, okay, I want to do this. And then I, when push came to shove, I realized, oof, maybe I took on a little more than I thought I could handle. Maybe I took on a little more than I uh, expected. Or maybe I just, when I said the promise, I said it um, very off handed, handedly. I just made like, it. Oh, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, do it. And then I, and I just I forgot about it. You know, and, you know, God is very clear. It's like, do, do not make a vow unless if you're gonna fulfill it. It's like, it is better for a man not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. And that's like, you know, and God lays that out many times, especially in pro Proverbs and, and whatnot as well. We got talks about that and it, it's tough, man, because when we get people that we trust and we entrust them with something and it's unfulfilled, it can be, it can be a difficult situation to navigate. And it, it really, you know, this sounds very broad and very generic, but it depends on the severity <laughs> of the issue is 100%, you know? Yeah. And I think that we need to show a measure of grace, but I think that there is needs to be a measure of accountability. Yeah. Well, how I that think the, the biggest thing we keep coming back to is communication, right? Yeah. So like, if, if I make a promise to someone that I'm gonna do something and it becomes apparent to me that I'm not going to be able to do that, then not only do I need to communicate that to them, but 
I also need to understand that by not doing that, I'm putting them in a bind because oh, yeah. they were counting on that, right? So imagine someone asked me to do something within two weeks, and a week into that, I realize I can't do it. So if I talk to them, now they have to find somebody else, and now the time that they have is cut in half. And so recognizing that even if I didn't mean to, I'm I'm affecting this person in a very negative way. And so they might be disappointed or frustrated, but that's better than them getting to the two-week mark and not being able to do anything or not being able to accomplish whatever they set out to accomplish. And so communicating that and being upfront and being honest with people is so important because it helps everyone be set up for success and it also protects the relationship, right? Like, hey, you know what? You, you can't do that, but at least I can trust you to tell me the truth. It's very good. I, I think there's kind of two aspects of this. One, broken people with broken promises to us. And we work a lot with young people who are from broken homes. And, um, you know, I, we're working with 15 people who are uh, fostering and adopting kids. And a lot of times kids get in situations where their parents have broken promises. And, and it's really hard to see effects of that because then they kind of grew up learning, I can't trust people in my life. And um, that's like a real issue there. And on the other side, we all break promises. We say we're going to do stuff and we don't. And again, there's different severities in that. But when we break our own promises, we lose reputation. We become untrustworthy. We cause frustration and stress for other people. And also, especially if you're a believer, if you say you're a Christian and you're going around breaking promises, you also reflect badly on God. Um, a lot of times the only God people can see is us and how we act to them. And so, um, but we're all human. Sometimes mistakes happen. I think when they do, I think you guys have brought it up. Um, if you know you made a promise and you're going to break it, apologize. You know, Try not to break it, but apologize if you do. Own up to it. Um, explain why. Explain the situation. Sometimes we all have emergencies or there's things that happen that we didn't think about it. Um, and to do your best to make up for it. You know, I'm sorry, I can't get it then. Can I do it next week? Can I help you find someone? Um, but I think it, it comes back to this idea of um, that's found in the Bible, Matthew 5, 37. Jesus says, make your yes be yes, your no be no. <laughs> he, just, he just says plainly, you don't have to vow, you don't have to, pr- it just, if you say yes, do your best to try to fill it. If you say no, stand to that. Uh, I think that's also a good thing that we don't reflect on. Uh, sometimes we set up healthy boundaries. Sometimes we say, no, I can't do this. You know, maybe you have a friend who wants you to do bad stuff. You're like, no, I can't do that. But then they keep bugging us and then we give in. Like, make your yes be yes, your no be no. And for some reason, that has to change. Make sure you apologize and explain it. Yeah, I think one of the examples in the Word of God itself, or that's a story of this, is um, when when John, who, I mean, when Joshua, who was Moses's protege that like, like leads God's, God's people into the conquest of the promised land, God gave him clear instructions to much purge the land, um, which is a pretty intense thing. He's like, you got to eliminate these enemies. But this one tribe that was there, this one city was there, heard that he was coming by. So they dressed up as beggars. And they went in and said, hey, we are from some far off land. You got to promise us that you won't kill us. And he said, oh, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, we'll do that. And then, and then like when he showed up at their front door to take the place over, he realized, yo, I gave these guys my word. And he actually did not attack them. And he actually said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to honor my promise with them as opposed to honoring, my, as opposed to honoring what God commanded. And that's a crazy thing when you think about it too. It's like, where do we fall on that? I don't know the answer to that. But the point of the matter is like that same tribe caused issues for God's people for 
hundreds of years afterwards. They continue to cause ailments. They continue to lead people, people to idol worship. All sorts of things happen because they made this offhanded promise, not like not like re, not like realizing what that this was a snare. And one thing that you mentioned in like Matthew uh, five thirty seven says, all I can need to say is your yes or no, and says anything beyond that comes from the evil one. Hmm. And you understand that when people try to ensnare you to a vow or a promise, you can be very cautious and make sure that you know what you're signing up for, and especially if it's like obviously this can apply to business, but it can apply to life as well. You gotta understand like when I'm committing to somebody, I gotta make sure I'm getting the full picture because hmm. what they might be showing me may only be a small bit. I mean, it helps out, you know, vow. Valentine's Day was just the other day. It's like if, you, if you're going to date somebody, you want to you want to get the whole picture before you make that commitment because you don't really know. I mean, the truth of the matter is that you'll learn about them as you date them, but it's good to kind of do some research and things into it first, you know, so you kind of get ideas. This way you don't ensnare yourself to a relationship that could last 5, 10, 20 years that you, that you were never meant to have, but you feel that you can't get out of it. Yeah, I think you both touched on something that's really important when you're making uh, a promise or you're considering uh, agreeing to something to take a moment and actually make sure you've thought through what all it entails, the the effort it's going to take, what it's going to cause you to to go through or, or deal with, how much time it's going to take, and and be able to make an honest assessment of whether or not you can actually agree to that, and it's, it's a healthy decision to agree to that. Because there are good things that may not be healthy for us to do, depending on on who it is, right? So, like, if, if I'm overworked and exhausted, there are certain things that I should say no to that maybe Joel or Derek can say yes to. And so being able to be honest with, hey, man, I'd love to, but I can't. Or if you say yes and it becomes apparent that you can't follow through, I think something you touched on right there is, hey, man, I can't help you with that. Let me help you find someone. You know, being if, if you're if you're going to have to go back on that, being a part of the solution at that point and not just saying, hey, man, I'm sorry, I can't do this. And then like that's it, the end of the conversation. But instead being, hey, I can't do this, but let me help you find someone who can so that it gets done on time. I think it's good. And I think the best thing to do is that if you find yourself in a place where you have broken a promise, like don't run from that person. Yeah. And there and, and there's a ten, ten, tendency to do so. I mean, I think we there's like that ten, tension that you get. It's like ooh, you know. It's like for example, maybe you were been at a church for a while, and then maybe you backslid in some stuff that you didn't want to get into, and now you want to come back, but you feel shame, guilt, whatever. Like don't let that hold you back. Like yeah. you, you'll realize that if you make the first step, most people, and especially if they profess the name of Christ, I would hope are willing to receive you back quickly. I cannot vouch for every person, but I can vouch, you know, I can vouch for those I know and I, I you know, and we can be the person to say if someone were to come to me that I will be the person to gently restore them. You know, the we can make a commitment to us and if every person made that commitment, we would have a lot better world, a lot better society, whatever, you know. Good job. In other words, Blizzard, we're willing to forgive you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we're just uh Shadowlands do it right. Ooh. Reforge, because I'm actually yeah, excited about that. I'm excited about all of you who have watched us uh, today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Joel and Derek. Thank uh, you, John. This, uh, great Thank chat you. about broken promises. If someone has broken a promise to you, I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive them. And if it's healthy, uh, to to not shut them out of your life either. So thank you for watching, and we hope that you have a wonderful week. See you next time. Let's move away from lies and fears. Perhaps it's time to leave.